Is it what now? Footy Show episode 109. I'm Warwick Nicholson, your host for this evening. And gee, aren't I light on guests? There's no Maurice Cialis, there's no Matty Duncan, there's not even any eyes. And of course, Nick McInerney. We're going to be launching a search party for him later in the show. But I do have DC Chapman on the phone, so less dribble, more entertainment. And I also have GT doing his tips for round 13. An increasingly popular segment. Did you back the Panthers last week? GT told you to. I'll have DC Chapman right off the break here on the footy show. And as we throw, just remember, mildly entertaining rugby league content is our business. And I'm pretty sure we deliver that each and every week. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. No, not going to happen. <laughs> Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Time for some DC talk. Yeah, not too bad. DC Chapman is on the blow, everybody. Now, last week, uh, he was a great man in the studio to have alongside me. But as you know, everybody, every second week, DC does the business from home. And, mate, uh, I want to ask you the first question for our loyal listeners. Did you go and take the money you were going to put in the Bulldogs and put it on the Panthers? <laughs> so you don't feel too bad. How did GT pick that? He's a genius. He's a genius. Uh, GT tips. Uh, he, we'll talk to him later in the show. But mate, he's a very happy man. And he he oh, actually. I'm, I'm going to have to follow his tips the whole rest of the year now. I have no <laughs> choice. There he goes. All right, our GT, and he will discuss uh, what he actually missed in that game. He did miss a, a bet that he wanted to uh, lay that he didn't uh, a little bit later on. But mate, the Panthers get up. And they knock off your second favourite team, Manly. Don't say they're my second favourite team. I just, I just picked them last year because I knew they'd do well. Stop saying that. It's annoying. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of annoying, Manly's Jeff Toovey, the coach of the Manly club, has come out in defence of his embattled centre, Steve Maddai. And he's declared that Steve Maddai is unfairly targeted by the NRL judiciary because he's too aggressive. Thoughts? job of a referee would to be know your, uh, your players that you're about to referee and know the little do's and don'ts that they have. I would have thought that's the same as what a coach would do with the opposition. Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's true, but then I suppose they may take it too far. Well, know? if they'd done that, uh, that with... well, Matt, I, mate, if he stops hitting blokes in the head, he won't get suspended. It's pretty simple. <laughs> right, yeah. Bottom line, that, that's pretty much the gist of it. And he was very lucky to not, not to get sent off. Uh, he, he hit Danny Galea right across the mouth. Um, with a swing and arm, and Danny Galea still doesn't know which da- which day it is, and like he gets two weeks, and he's a repeat offender. I'm actually really surprised that it wasn't more. And once again, we just don't seem to understand how the judiciary works. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know what to do about that. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep whinging about it, and hopefully they'll listen and stop making such a joke of themselves. Anyway, uh, the next topic we have to go to, mate, is the Matty Duncan's Brisbane Broncos. 
I've lost three in a row. Uh, I'm quite happy about that because I've picked against him the last three weeks, so I'm feeling very happy with that. Um, but I asked him uh, a quick poll. He's not on the show tonight, but I asked him, is he at all concerned about the Broncos? And his response was, look, in the last few years, the Broncos haven't experienced uh, this all that often. They did have that year where they missed the finals, but uh, he said they'll get through it and they'll be uh, fine by the end of the season. Do you share his optimism? Five in a row for the Tigers. Five five in a row, yep, and they're in the top eight. That snuck up on me as well, so now I'm going to have to start looking at them as worthy contenders for my tips. Well, remember, mate, at the start of the season, they were one and five, and I declared, I said, don't give up on the Tigers. They'll come good. They're not out of the race by any stretch, and um, the way this competition is, and and you can see it, you just have to have a good four or five week period, and you pretty much, the way the competition is, you pretty much guarantee yourself a, a legitimate chance at the playoffs, and uh, I think South are going through it at the moment. Uh, Bulldogs as well. You just got to win the games, get a few string, a few in, in a row, and you, you, you're putting yourself in a great position where all you have to do is play 500 football the rest of the year, which is basically as many wins as many losses in the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean you got to do it at the right end of the season as well. You got to you got to try and you know build momentum for the towards the finals. Um, yeah, but at the moment it's just about sort of going through the paces and, and building your your foundation nicely and. Um, hoping that, that that's enough to get you over the line. You just can't afford to conversely lose four or five in a row. That's what uh, that's what kills you, especially middle of the season. I think because um, you end up working against the maths uh, later in the season, where you know you've got to win like ninety last ten, and only a few yeah. teams in history have ever done that and uh, made finals in top five systems, let alone top eight systems. Uh, the next thing we have to look at, mate, is that that game on Friday night. I didn't actually see it, but because um, I was at the South Sydney versus uh, Bunnies uh, Canberra game. And I did hear that apparently all the Queensland fans up there uh, in uh, Brisbane and, and around Queensland apparently had the second game's results spoilt for them by uh, Bolts. Good old Ray Hadley gave away the result after the Storm and Broncos game had finished. He said, oh, and a good win by the Bunnies over the Raiders down there in Sydney. Did he really? Yep. I, I, I missed that. I, I didn't realise he said that. So it was because the games were switched. So Sydney obviously watched... South yeah. versus Canberra, and then yeah. um, uh, Brisbane and other states got uh, got Melbourne versus Brisbane. Apparently, he gave away the result, and a lot of people weren't happy. And I mean, you think about the the matchup, um, South and Canberra. I would imagine that the I haven't looked at the figures, but I would imagine that a lot of TV sets would have uh, turned off. And I think the funny thing is, we won't know exactly who turned off because the way that the rating system works, you can't figure it out anyway. It's not actually physically the amount of people that watch the show; it's all a percentage based on a hundred people or something like that. Um, but it's just like this is the kind of thing that you know that's 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 unforgivable in 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 especially the way that Friday Night Football works for Channel Nine. They can't afford to give their result of the second game away because people hate sitting through the ads as it is. And if you know the result, you're not going to watch it. It's very unprofessional from a, a guy that you would think would know better. You would, you would, uh, mate. Speaking of that game, Melbourne got the win. They beat the team coming second, which was the Broncos, who stay in second spot. But here's the kicker. The Broncos are currently six points behind Melbourne, and the Storm have a hundred and forty differential advantage over Brisbane for second. Like, so basically, it's like it's like five, it's like four wins. The team in second place, a long way behind the team in third. Yeah, there's, there's effectively four wins between them. To, for Brisbane to win the minor premiership or Cronulla or the Rabbitohs, whoever, um, in their current positions, they'd have to win four games and Melbourne lose four in a row to have the lead change. That's how significant that differential. Changes. So the big question for you, mate, is can Melbourne be caught? I don't think so. It's always plausible, but the way they're going and their track record shows that they will keep going that way. And um, it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion at the moment, isn't it? Oh, I love it when you get a good foregone conclusion into the uh, conversation, mate. I can tell everybody that um, Brisbane are the second. That Melbourne are a dollar twenty. Uh, Brisbane ten dollars. Then you got Manly. And South Sydney, 15 bucks, And you can pretty much name your own price for everybody else for the minor premiership. Uh, DC Chapman, we have to go to your tips for round number 13. Friday night, we have the Seagulls, your second favourite team, 
up against your favourite team, the Dragons. Yeah, they're better than the... Um... Ooh, very, very impressive. Now the next game is the Titans and the Cowboys. No one will watch this south of the tweet. Well, people will watch it, but people will watch it, but people won't be too interested in it. I'm going for North Queensland on this one, but um, look, Gold Coast got the money last week and, and apparently seem to be doing alright for themselves, so it's not a foregone conclusion. No, you got to do it better than that. It's a foregone conclusion. Oh, a foregone conclusion. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, speaking of foregone <laughs> conclusions, uh, Raiders and Tigers uh, down here in Canberra. In juniors, he has played some time there. But he's not really. He's not going to be a very good five-eight this week, is he? Look, I'll discuss this in a little bit more with um, uh, GT a little bit later. But essentially, Josh Dugan at five-eight. Um, I don't think it's the worst move David Fennell's ever made. Keeping the number three Jared Croker in first grade is the, the much more of a uh, contentious selection. But uh, you've taken the Tigers, the Bulldogs, and the Rabbitohs. This is a cracker on Saturday night. Games on Sunday. We've got the Warriors and the Storm over there in Auckland. It's a very hard week to pick this. <laughs> yep. I, usually you go with Melbourne, no, no worries. But Warriors at home are very hard to beat. Look, you're not, you're not going to go against the Warriors, uh, go against Melbourne, are you? Because like we just said, they're going to keep winning games and get them on the premiership. So uh, yeah, you've got to go Melbourne on this. Okay. And on Sunday afternoon, we get the Broncos and the Knights. And Monday Night Football sees the Eels, the 1-10 and 10 Eels, up against the Sharks. Yeah, I don't think Cronulla will lose this either. Parramatta aren't going too badly, but they're losing all their games and they seem to just not have that spark to win and Cronulla do at the moment, so you've got to go Sharks on this one. Okay, mate, we have to move to the uh, feedback files. Feedback files, feedback files. Feedback files. Yeah. Alright, uh, I have a breaking news here at Not The Footy Show. Do you remember Kim Jobson? Um, apparently, Kim Jobson is a dude. Okay. Not what quite. Yeah, not not quite the response I was after there, DC Chapman. But uh, we'll take it anyway. Um, <laughs> what were you expecting me to say? Like no way or something like that. It would have been really entertaining radio, but instead you give me. Yep, yep, fair enough. That's understandable. Yep, good. Uh, yeah, Kim Jobson. Uh, let let me know that uh, it, he, he was in fact a dude. So uh, I apologise, Kim Jobson. Uh, or Kim McCrone, as you are now known. Now, Jay Lou uh, put a infam- uh, question on Facebook for us. He wants to know, should tries be worth more than four points to encourage them instead of field goal- uh, instead of penalty goals? I, I don't know about that one. I, I, well, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with you. It's the current system, I like it. I know it's not been traditional the entire way through the games being played since 1908, but when they changed it, I think they had to go and increase. It used to be three for a try, two for a goal, and it was actually two for a field goal as well a long time ago. Um, and I think four points for a try, two for a goal, and one for a field goal is perfect. I don't think you can improve it at all. Yeah, they, they, they increased it to five points for a try in Union because of the the whole, you know, there's, there's too many ways to get a penalty. Mm. And, and so people were just kicking their ways to, you know, and the, the, the extra point there was supposed to encourage the, you know, getting tries, and it, and it did only to a little bit, you know, a smaller degree. But we, we don't really need that, I don't think. I, I think the system's good the way it is. Uh, can refs overrule calls, or should referees, on-field referees, overrule calls by looking at the video screen? That's another question from Jay. I think so, yes. I think it's 
the quickest and easiest way to do it. Um, if the referee at the time, if he can, you know, somehow control the, the, the replays, even if it's just by talking to the guy, you know, show me this angle again, show me that angle again, show me... Are you talking about angle. tries or are you talking about general play? Are you are you referring to this look at replays in relation to tries being decided or regular uh, calls in the field of play? Well, no, well, no. I, I was I was thinking sort of tries, at, you know, just then. But I suppose if, if if you had time out, if you if you could stop the game and not stuff it up, and he could quickly look at the replay and make your decision quickly, then surely that makes sense. No, not because I've seen it in the NFL and. Uh, you watch the NFL as as entertaining as the NFL can be. It takes forty eight hours to play a game of of uh, gridiron. It's the same thing would happen if the referees on the field had access to the video screen. You can't do it. The only things I can think he can even think about is possibly having the referees weigh in on tries. But even then, you'd have to have a mobile um, little booth on the sideline that the referees go to. Again, adds time. Uh, I've had this idea for a while. We talked about it already this year. We talked about it last year. Centralized video referee based at the NRL. Every single angle on every single game streamed right into the NRL headquarters. There's a couple of the guys in this thing. They know their rules. They're the same video referee for every single game of the round. So there's at least consistency. They won't get rid of all the shockers, but they will get rid of the real duds. Uh, And I think you have some consistency that's not there at the moment. And we get away from this, what's available to the uh, referee in his box at the game. When particularly, and this is the thing that I think is the biggest issue... A referee at a game, a video referee at the game, is completely at the mercy of how the host broadcaster replays any replay, or etc. Um, and you can't have that. It should be a live stream directly to the NRL, not tampered with at all by the um, guys in the box at Channel 9 or at Fox Sports. And that's the only way we will see an improvement in what has become, unfortunately, even more of a joke, the video referee. I guess you have to have one, but one video referee. One video referee is fine, but would that one referee be available for all the games? Is the question. Um, but you have you have the same have the same group. The, 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 the ones on the field. You wouldn't be able to use a screen. You wouldn't be able to use a screen simply because the quality of the screen isn't good enough to make those decisions. You have to. Yeah, it'd have to be. It'd have to be a little booth on the sideline, um, which again would the NRL be happy to pay that money? And how would they get the image is fed through? I think you'd be still at the mercy of the uh, broadcasters rather than uh, the actual referees making the call. I think it's half the problem. Surely they could regulate that easily enough. Surely they could say you have to have. You know, this many cameras in this particular location around the ground filming the whole the whole match. You think so? And surely that's not going to cost too much. Surely, surely. You, you, you'd think so, DC Chapman. Uh, Vinny Parmigiano says that we should regulate Mr. Harrigan, and I have a couple of other feedback things. There's another rating for us on iTunes from uh, Flappin' Boss, who says this is the footy show. That's what he calls his little uh, post. He says this is the only NRL podcast I listen to anymore. The guys and the lovely Maria have great insight and analysis mixed in with some humour and foolishness. I especially appreciate all the comments relating to Game 1 of State of Origin. Keep up the good work. Rest in peace. Get this. So that's from Flappin' Boss, who obviously liked the way that we broke down Origin 1, so thank you very much, champion. And then I'm saving the last one, uh, which is the best one, from Simon Grant, who sent me an email, and he says this. I was going to get you to read this out, actually, DC, to be in the studio, but, mate, I'll have to read it to you instead. Just... Just a quick email to say that I listen to your podcast every week and I really enjoy listening to your opinions and knowledge of the game. I especially like the chats you have with Matty Duncan. Only one problem that I've noticed with your program. Even though I spend most of the time laughing at him, it's a shame that my old mate, DC Chapman, has no idea about footy. By the way, I actually live in Spain, so it's good to be able to keep up to date uh, with the NRL. Keep up the good work. DC Chapman's been floored by Simon Grant. How do you feel? Uh, Simon Grant obviously doesn't know anything about footy. Aha! Uh-huh. Aha! Uh-huh. Put him in a ring. 12 round fight. It's on. 
He, he did say that he enjoys laughing at you, which I guess is a compliment, sort of. No, that's fair enough, because I aim to make people laugh. Yeah, that, that, we, that's good. That's what we go but, for. We go for mild entertainment. I know nothing about rugby league. That, that's a bit... I mean, well, it just shows you that he knows nothing about rugby league. To, to claim that I know nothing about rugby league. Although, <laughs> although I will say, he's probably got Foxtel or some sort of access to uh, the games. Um, sure. That you don't... don't okay, DC Chapman, thanks very much for your time. We'll speak to you uh, <laughs> next week with our Origin 2 preview. Uh, next Wednesday night here on Not The Footy Show. <laughs> Cheap, mm-hmm. nasty, mm-hmm. and downright boring. Not The Footy Show. Okay, everyone, we will have GT with his tips right after this. Skis, huh? That's right. They're yours? Uh-huh. Both of them? Okay, let's talk to GT for his tips. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beat. I must be out before I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. Good afternoon. Ah, uh, good afternoon, Penrith Panthers lover. Uh, yeah, quite fond of them at the moment. They've uh, they've done as well. Now, have they done GT from gttips.co.uk as well as they should have, mate? Because uh, last week on the show, you declared the Panthers as the the one team to load up on at plus eight and a half. I'm sure you got on that, made a fair bit of dosh, but did you take them thirteen plus? And there's um, various ways when you approach gambling. You don't want to. Put yourself, it's a poker phrase, you don't want to be on tilt. Now, <laughs> I don't want to moan about having back two winners. I backed them plus eight and a half. I backed them to win the game oh, at $3.25 or whatever it was. <laughs> I'm not going to feel upset that I've had two winners. Yeah, well, we're all done, mate. Uh, GT, I can tell you that DC Chapman didn't put his money on the Bulldogs, but he's uh, kind of killing, kicking himself that he didn't put his money on the Panthers either. Well, I tried, tried to talk him into it. You tried, you tried, and he has declared earlier on the show... That he better start listening to your uh, tips, apparently. <laughs> 13 rounds in. 12, well, coming up to 13 rounds, and he's finally getting the message. Uh, very, very good. As I'm sure a lot of people are over at your website, mate. Congratulations. Uh, Panthers get up. I actually realised after we chatted last week that I, for some reason, had Manly as my fried rice, so I'm feeling very stupid uh, right about now. Because I'd agree with you that I thought the Panthers were, were some hope, but... Um, yeah, for some reason I went in the Bamley. Uh, stupid me. Oh, don't worry about that. My, my fried rice was the Knights and I ended up back in the Titans at $3. So, um, yeah, it's not the fried rice. I can afford to buy a steak. Ah, very, very good, mate. Okay, uh, buddy, what we need to do is, is go through, obviously, round 13 and the odds and everyone enjoys that part of the segment. But uh, I did send you an email just before we came on air and uh, i got a question for, for not only you but the, the listeners as well. Uh, we like our big boppers here on Not The Footy Show, and uh, there are three players that I think who are front rowers who have had a real big impact on their, their club's uh, fortunes this season. And I want you to ask, answer this question, mate, and I'll answer it as well. But which of the, these three front rowers had a big impact on their club team in uh, 2012? Aaron Woods from the Tigers, James Tamau from the Cowboys, or the wristwatch Sam Cassiano from the Bulldogs? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Woods is a player I don't know all that much about because I actually haven't seen that many Tigers matches this season. So, obviously, he's going well. I've seen him once or twice. I wouldn't be confident enough to say he's up there. Sam Cassiano, I think he's obviously a a big lad. What he's, (laughs) He's benefiting... Um, and this has nothing to do with the patriotism at all. But when you've got players like James Graham in and around him who are throwing something else or another threat that's spreading the risk, it's giving him that bit more space to be as effective. I think from the three, the one who has had his shoulders above them, not just for his impact at the club, but his impact he's had on the game this season, is, yeah. is James Tamar. I completely agree. Look, I, I think Aaron Woods has probably made the most development as a player this season. Uh, he was a good player. Yeah, well, they put a big stock in him, didn't they? Yeah. they let a few go. They and, did, uh, and, and uh, he stepped up massively. And, and like, I've given Tim Sheens a rap on Twitter and a few other places over the last uh, few months. But what I love about what Tim Sheens is doing with him and Keith Galloway is he's gone back to the formula that worked for him at the uh, the Raiders in the 90s. He's picked his best two front rowers, and he's playing them for long minutes. I mean, in this day and age, we've talked about it before, 
and I mean May Duncan have especially, like, why wouldn't you play your best players as long as they're actually physically able to play? It doesn't make sense to just take them off because that's how you do it now. Yeah, I mean, if you can think outside the box and sort of, it's like the the, the fashion patterns that comes with kicking penalties. That's that's come out mm. a bit, doesn't it? So suddenly everyone takes the two, and then everyone thinks, no, let's tap and go. And you just sort of just stop and look at each situation. And actually, what do we want here? Do we need to be eight points clear, or have we got them on the rack? You know. Um, so if you, if you could think outside the box, then yeah, it's, it's got to be a good thing. And we've enjoyed watching Sam Cassiano develop as a as a player that makes an impact. He, he was he was huge last year. He had a couple of games where he, you thought to yourself, okay, there's a there's a player waiting to to break out with him, and uh, we've seen uh, last few weeks, uh, and as you say, that the ability of James Graham to, to help him and Aiden Tolman as well, those two guys, uh, they, they give Cassiano uh, to play about 40, 45 minutes of quality football. Uh, it's a real nice rotation that um, Des Hazel's got there at the Bulldogs, but I'm with you. Jimmy Tamau, uh, catching Benji Marshall aside, uh, look, he's... he's... Well, I was going to ask about <laughs> this. Um, <laughs> I, I miss this game because the Sunday games are on at four and five in the morning here, okay. so I rarely, yep. rarely have the energy. But um, what, what was all this about? What happened? Okay, essentially, Benji Marshall picked up, a, I think it was a kick, uh, or it was a rebound inside his own 20 uh, with the Cowboys on the attack, and uh, Marshall picked the ball up, beat the first defender, started scampering downfield. He got over halfway, and then all of a sudden, uh, Jimmy Tamau had uh, wrapped him up by about the 40-meter line. It was uh, rather impressive. <laughs> and, and, and Tamau hadn't given him or Tamu, sorry, or however we say his name, uh, he hadn't given him a huge start. It was more of an angle thing in terms of where they were positionally, but the angle didn't help Tamau all that much actually reeling in. It was just the big, long strides, and Benji ran out of gas. And uh, I think Benji this week at training would have got a lot of um, uh, chat about a prop uh, mowing him down. It actually reminds me of the most famous one. I have mentioned it before here for really loyal not the footy show listeners, but Albert Fullerby was a winger for the Canberra Raiders in 1994. Uh, he's playing the back line of Mullins and Meninga and Wiki and all these kind of players. And uh, he picked up a ball on his own 10-metre line, and he got put away into a gap. And uh, by the 40-metre line, so 10-metre to 40-metre line, he was reeled in, giving about 10 metres start to one Paul Harrigan. I mean, this is something I have very little knowledge about myself being eaten in a different half of the world, but I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. But yeah, if you know who Paul Harrigan the Chief was, uh, not exactly... He wasn't slow for a prop, but... Uh, this guy was a winger, and uh, yeah, just think, if you've seen the Scott Sattler tackle in the grand final a few years back, uh, this was over a much shorter distance, so Abbott Fullerby will forever hold place as the slowest winger in rugby league, but uh, Benji Marshall, apparently he's uh, he's lost a few step or two. So we both agree, well, there's James... Nothing, there's nothing more impressive, isn't there? You've got these huge yeah. props, these physical specimens. I mean, did Ben Hannon did it a few weeks ago, didn't he? Yep. I, can't, I can't remember who, but he, he gunned someone down, sort of pushing his own players out the way to get through to him. Like, and and it's funny, there's, a, there's often been an argument um, you know, that you know, with your front rowers, you just pick your two fattest blokes and uh, you put them up front, and that's the way it is. But I think what we're seeing, and it's happened in other sports, you're seeing the more physical specimens, not necessarily just the guys who are you know a little bit podgy compared to the rest of them. They're playing up in the forwards now, and you're seeing the, the development of, of some centers into back rowers who then become front rowers. It's just the way the game's going. Um, and I know there's something that happened if you're familiar with ice hockey at all. Um, you know, growing up uh, when you were oh, when I was younger and um, especially when I we went to Canada, there had been a real shift in the, in the paradigm of, of how young kids chose which position they played. It used to always be, if you've seen the Mighty Ducks movie, people, Goldberg, the fat kid, got put in goals. And that used to be always the way. The guy who was not physically as, as good a skater or whatever, he'd get put in goals and just given all the pads, and that's how they do it. And now, you actually, you see the most physically talented players are now goalies. So the game does change in that regard. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I was a goalkeeper myself. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing to do with my portly uh, teenage build. <laughs> very if, you good. Look at, if you look at the build of James Tamau and put him next to George Rose, I mean, they're completely different. Are they? George Rose looks looks of a different generation now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, we always love Georgie Rose, though. So if you guys out there have got an idea on who you think uh, out of those three players is the, is the biggest impact uh, prop in the game, let us know. And we have to give special mention to... Uh, really, the trio at Cronulla, uh, Bryce Gibbs, Ben Ross, and Andrew Fafita, done a wonderful job down there at Cronulla. And, of course, Dave Tyrrell. What a superstar he is over at the Bunnies. What's her last name? I'll look it up. Uh, it starts with an S. So, swim, swami. Slippy, slappy, swimming, salmon, salmon, swanson, swanson? Maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the... Oh, yeah! It's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. Now, we have to talk about round 13, mate. And, uh, you know, everybody loved your tip last week of the Penny Panthers. 
but I'm sure there are a few more uh, bargains to be had this week. Friday night, we've got a game that realistically could have been a lot more tasty at this time of year heading into the season, but the Dragons are struggling. Manly have just uh, been beaten by the Panthers. They've got $1.48 for Manly, two seventy-two for the Dragons. Who do you like? Well, you, you've nailed it there, haven't you? This, this is round one of the season. This would have been a great match, yeah. but it, it just feels a bit wet now. The, t- the teams are out of form. Like, can't be keen on the Seagulls, but the Dragons, as you say, they've not been any great shakes themselves. The line looks right. I made it minus six. I made Seagulls minus six yep. point favourites. Still minus. Um, it's still plus six to the Dragons now. Yeah. And that, that'll stay there unless there's significant team news, which obviously there's scope to be with the, the number of outs that the man, the man you've got at the moment. Well, I can but, tell um, you that Kieran Foran will play, but the big right. doubt big doubt for Manly is Jason King. And I think they really missed him right. last week against the Panthers. Right, OK. I mean, obviously that would take the gloss off Manly a bit there, wouldn't it? Um, I think if you're having a bet in this game, you could you could try and chase chase the 1-12. to 12. Manly have won half their games this season by that 1-12 to 12 margin. Yep. And, you know, if they're six-point favourites, and then, to, like like last week, we got Dragons 1-12, to 12, you know, that paid $3, and we got that one home just about. And I just think matches where they're playing, there's so few points that that 1-12 to 12 margin is a, is a hint of value in it. And if you, if you fancy the Dragons at all, if you can get 6.5, um, probably consider that if you're a one-eyed Dragons fan, but I wouldn't take them. Head to head. Uh, I've got Manly as well in that match. I can tell you in the other tipping department, uh, nobody is taking the Dragons. So uh, everybody, uh, that's Matt, Maria, um, DC and Nick, everybody likes the Seagulls to win at Brookie. The other game on Friday night sees the Gold Coast Titans, who are actually are playing, well, the record says they're playing well, uh, 225 versus the Cowboys, $1.67. And you get three and a half points on our lines if you like the Titans. It's a, it's a funny game, isn't it? Because you think of the seasons they've had, everyone's been very impressed by the Cowboys. They've put up some sparkling winning margins and the Titans have, have not been good. And then when I worked out the prices for this, I was surprised it came out this close, you know, any sort of two, three points between them. But, you know, it is a long away trip up in Townsville. And it's one of those games where the Cowboys could win by 20 or 30 and you feel silly for le- for passing up the minus four. But I'm, I'm getting getting to like this Titans team. I think they're just sort of beginning to click. They've shown they're worthy of respect. Now, I, I wouldn't have a bet in this game at all, mm. but watch it with interest because remember this match in round one where Titans yep. put 18 points on the Cowboys and bageled them. Yep. I mean, it, it could be a bit of taste bite in this game and I, I think it should be a good little match. Yeah, the Titans are practically full strength everyone. you got to remember that and we did say that going into the game against the Knights last week. Uh, it was obviously a bit more of a risk taking on the road, um, but Titans are full strength. Now, if they've they've basically got no excuses. Uh, that game plan's got to come together. Um, Scott Prince is, is playing. He's playing pretty good football. Aiden Caesar's made a big difference to that side. So if you want to, if you want an upset in the round, then you know you can consider the Titans. But uh, at the moment, as uh, well, it, it wouldn't be that big an upset. No, That's it wouldn't. I mean, yeah. it, fe- it feels like it would be a big upset, but the prices have it very close. Um, so it, it, it should be a good game. I think the big difference in this game will be how uh, Neil Henry uses his bench. He's got a lot of players who can come on and make an impact for the Cowboys. He gets the uh, mix off the bench right. I think they beat the Titans. And then we have the Raiders uh, with a new number six, a new number seven, essentially, and unfortunately not a new number three, taking on the West Tigers. Now, the West Tigers are $1.50, and they've won five in a row. The, ti- the Raiders at home are two sixty-seven, and you get plus five and a half for Canberra. So are you proud of this new look Canberra team, thinking what we'll do is we'll build everything around the man McCrone? Is, that, is, that, is this what you're after? Uh, unfortunately, if we got rid of Jared Croker as well, I'd be I'd be optimistic, uh, but whoever the Tigers want to put out in their right edge, oh, they'll just run over the speed hump, formerly known as Jared Croker. So I can't look. I can't I can't take the, the Raiders uh, not for a while yet. Uh, they got back in the game last Friday night and uh, didn't change their game plan. It's the it's the classic case of a coach being out coached. Canberra had two weeks to prepare for um, the Bunnies and Dave Taylor and Greg Inglis. And uh, if yeah, I could I could see your point there. I think it was a little bit mean. I mean, how many teams do have the sort of uh, players who can cope with those two on that form it's at funny. the same place. At the I, same I hear that argument, I hear that argument, and then I say, well, what did he do during the game to try and counter it? Yeah. He did nothing. Yeah. Um, and he's got a guy like Josh Papali who, yeah, he's a ro- practically a rookie, but I mean, the kid can tackle. Fence him, put him out yeah. on that edge. Make him tackle yeah. Dave Taylor. I, I don't know. I just don't understand why, um, if you know that's going to be your weakness going into the game, you know the opposition's going to exploit it, why you make no changes during the match and it came back and, and that basically killed the Raiders because those 
uh, tries after half-time uh, killed him in that match. But look, on the head-to-head front, I like the Tigers. Uh, I know Canberra at home are uh, um, sometimes uh, better better value than they are obviously away. But look, I can't pick Canberra just based on the way they're playing football at the moment. And you've and you've started getting them right, haven't you? You had a you had a few weeks where whatever you did, they did the opposite. Well, I was I must admit when I did declare our positions against Canberra, I was hoping against hope that I'd be wrong. But um, it is right, yeah. Canberra, look, uh, I gave Dave Fern benefit of the doubt at the start of the year. Uh, big mistake. <laughs> Uh, just from a betting point of view, um, when I looked at this, I thought the Tigers were obviously beginning to find their stride and were closer to where people thought they would be at the start of the season. Um, but giving up six points on their travels to somewhere like Canberra, that's, that, that's not a get-rich-quick scheme, is it? They've only covered once in yeah. their three away that covered the handicap, I mean, yeah. uh, once in their away games against the Eels, Titans and the Panthers. You know, that doesn't inspire you to rush out and take that minus six, does it? No, not at all. Uh, but uh, so it's, but it is. We are both taking uh, the Tigers to win, I believe. Yeah, they they deserve to be favourites, but uh, it's, again, it's a no bet, a no bet game. Ah, very, very good. I'm gonna have to bottle that up and just have it running through the entire podcast. Uh, Canterbury <laughs> take on South Sydney. Uh, yeah, they're very well matched on the the ladder, and they're very well matched in the market at the moment. Uh, I can tell you that the dogs are a dollar ninety four. South Sydney a dollar ninety. There's no line to speak of. Who do you like, GT? Yeah, it is obviously a very close match. I, I, I didn't like the Bulldogs at the start of the year, and I think we, in hindsight, we got a bit lucky when we tipped the Knights and backed the Knights to beat them mm. um, around three or four. Yeah, I remember that. In hindsight, you know, that yeah. wasn't as good as bad as it looked, but we got it home. And I think the Bulldogs are beginning to find their form. Obviously, we were talking about Cassiano there. I think Tolman is playing great, and they've, they've got a lot of weapons around that middle luck area. But, I mean, this is going to be a points fest, isn't it? Whoever comes out on top, it's, it's, it's going to be like a, a training game. You know, whoever scores last wins. Um, I, I, I did have the Bunnies as very slight favourites. I don't like backing teams coming off the Monday nights. They do deserve to be favourites, but it's, it's a complete shootout, isn't it? I mean, maybe I could t- maybe I could be tempted by the, the Bunnies on the money line, but I wouldn't be taking any handicaps or anything there. Yeah, uh, I can tell you that there is a big concern for the Bulldogs about Greg Eastwood. He did his hammy late in the game on Monday night. Um, now, he is the kind of player that you need if you're coming up against a, a Dave Taylor or a Sam yeah, Burgess, etc. He's, he's got gas as well. Yeah. He can break a line. Like and and I just think if he if he misses, that, that tips the scales for me. I was prepared to pick the Bulldogs heading into this, this match. But I, I'm also not convinced about um, the, the back line of the Dogs, Inu, Morris, Wright and Lafayette defensively. And, you know, we've seen Greg Ingles go crazy. Uh, this game, only way I would think the Bulldogs win is if Ben Barber has a big game. He had a quiet game Monday night when they did win, but uh, he's the turning point for me. But I'm going to stick with the Bunnies. Um, I think that forward pack is starting to look relatively strong, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with South Sydney. The one the one worry I would have there is, is Des Hasler. I mean, if you're mm. talking about Canberra coach not having <laughs> a plan, Bulldogs coach, if you're going to have anyone who will have a plan, you know, it's going to be Des Hasler, isn't it? It will be. Uh, and, I mean, as I said, I think other coaches have proven you can shut down. Uh, Dave Taylor especially, you can uh, hope you can shut down Greg Inglis. But, yeah, my concern is Eastwood. If Eastwood plays, I might change my tip late in the week. But um, if he's in doubt, I do like the Bunnies in a tight one, even if there is a lot of points scored. Now, the next game, mate, this one, I think the sexy pick is the Warriors. They're a 247 outsider at home against the Melbourne Storm at $1.57. Get plus four with the Warriors. What are you thinking? Sexy, that's a good way to put it, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we're finally getting to the matches where I think there's a bit of value. Um, yep. The first four looked like very close contests or, or not, but very close to the market. It's all about where you have this Warriors team, isn't it? They've, yeah. they've not played a game in anger for quite a while now. A lot of the players have had a lot of rest. Now, do you like that as a punter? I, mean, I know I do, because I think you just your bodies just get battered playing yeah. this game, and you have to be physically more able to put in an effort than you were. Now, if you sort of take that where are the physical athletes going to be line now my experience is after origin players don't drop off who've played origin they're actually up at a higher level of yeah, intensity good point. when they come back to their club some of you saw slater and co shred the broncos didn't we and what i'd be worried about is not the week after origin but the week after the week after origin where they sort of feel good about themselves and there's just that ease off in, of intensity suddenly the bruises might be a bit more sore than they were when all the adrenaline at the backup has gone I'll be worried about the Storm here um, the, the Storm have covered the handicap something like 9 of their first 11 matches yeah. or something something ridiculous they've been absolutely flying 
But if you look a bit closer, the away matches, um, where we've got the stats here, yeah, the, the three times that they've covered, they have played against the Eels, the Titans, and the Raiders, and they only covered the handicap there by a point. That was the opening match of the season. I'm not sure their away form is quite as good as it looks. I'm giving the Warriors one more chance here. Whether you prefer taking the plus four or taking the, uh, what did he say, $2.47? Yep. I'd, I'd probably be taking the money line there. Just just back the Warriors to win the match. It's um, something bigger than $2 and, and give them a cheer. It should be a good game. Yeah, look, I've toed and fired in this match uh, last couple of days. The key for me is Melbourne do rest their players from time to time. And my concern is that this game has Billy Slater being rested or written all over it. Uh, it's the game in, in New Zealand. It's a uh, game before Origin 2. Uh, if he's got any bumps and bruises, this is the one that you rest him if you're Craig Bellamy because you want him playing the game after Origin uh, 2 coming back. Look, I'm I'm worried about Melbourne. At this stage, look, I've got to pick Melbourne because they're way out in front of the competition. They've shown form that a lot of the teams haven't. But... If I get wind that Billy Slater is not going to play late in the week, I'll be picking the Warriors. Yeah, I think. I mean, this is there's only real, only really two games for me this round where there's good value. This is this is one of them. Yeah. And the other one's very similar, in that they both they're not easy to pick, as you're saying. Mm. What you've got to do is do something which makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. But that's sort of the whole point. That's why <laughs> there's value there. Everyone yeah. wants to back the Storm. Everyone sees the Storm. I mean, if this game was Pickham. You know, the, everyone would be with the storm, but you know, sort of minus four people are still rushing yeah, to back. That's the tough thing. I think plus four, plus four. If you get plus four and a half, um, you go with the Warriors. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out with this match quickly is that you look at the respective benches. Uh, Warriors benches: Lewis Brown, Sam Rapira, Lucy, and Jacob Lilliman. The Melbourne bench is Quinn, Cost, Jason, Greenfield, and Lowe. Massive advantage for the Warriors. And that's huge, and that's what we. Um... You know, we advised last week to get on the second half handicap with the Storm on the basis that it could be close. And then as soon as your frontline players drop off, it could blow wide open. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's another good reason to go with the Warriors. OK, the next game sees the Broncos and the Knights. Uh, this could be a bloodbath. I think about six or seven years ago, the Broncos won by 70 points. I could see it happening again. Uh, but you never know with the Broncos. They have lost three in a row. They're not the same team they were in the past. And there's no one D Lockyer, but they do have Friday back. They've got Sivan Siva back. They've got Justin Hodges back. And the Knights have dropped Zeb Taylor and Matt Hilda, two of their heart and soul kind of players, uh, in favour of uh, Richie Foso and Chris Adams. Um, the prices, mate, dollar twenty-two for the Broncos, four fifty for the Knights. Is thirteen and a half start big enough for the Knights? Yeah, it's, it's a fair pitch for the handicap. Um... It's, I mean, when I looked at this game, you're right. It does reek of one of those ones which just has blowout written all over it. The Knights started below expectations and they've been steadily regressing. I mean, it, it's bizarre, isn't it? Some, I saw some commentator, I don't know his name, the Monday Night Football chap, who said it, the only way is up. It's not, they can get a lot worse than they are. <laughs> um, again, it's a bit It's a bit like the uh, Tigers match. I don't think you're taking early retirement by backing the Broncos minus 13. Uh, the Broncos have only covered the 13-plus against the Raiders and the Titans. It might well be that the Knights proved to be as poor as they were on those days. Yeah. But I don't think they are. I think they do have a better shape to them. They, they Earlier in the season, they did have a better defensive integrity. They weren't going for that many points. Um, I, I, it's a, it's, an, it's a just an avoid game. I mean, you're not... The, the bookmakers know, don't they? There's no value in the minus 13. No, it's, you know, it's just a little bit too much, isn't it? Do it. But it's, 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 you're not taking early retirement, as I said. OK, so we both like the Broncos to win the match. And the final game is one night football. Cronulla, for the 85th time this season, are playing uh, NMNF. Uh, Parramatta, 267 at home, with one win to their name for the year. The Sharkies, $1.50. Rested Paul Gallon, rested Todd Carney. And you get five and a half points if you like the Eels. Well, as I hinted before, there was two games this round where I thought there was a good bit of value, but they were both uncomfortable bets. Like... With the Warriors, you were opposing a very good team, and here you're getting with a team that haven't performed well this year. I like the Eels in a very similar situation. I'd probably just be taking them on the match winner. Yep. Um, it's actually is it the first game since round eight that the Eels have played at home, and I think that's quite a big factor for for a lot of the players who've been so close to winning, like you know against the Dragons when they only got beat on the buzzer. They had the bye before that. I just think back home there's a, there's a big effort coming from them. Um, on the other side of the park, you've got the Sharks, who their figures look great, don't they? Their, their one-loss column looks fantastic, mm. lots of Ws. 
if you look at them, a lot of them are very close. Now, you can either say, yes, that's a great winning team, or you can say, as I would be inclined to, it's just the way that the cards have fallen. They've been lucky to win a few close ones, yep. and they're slightly flattered by the win-loss column. I'm happy to take on the Sharks here and, and give the Eels another game. Yeah, the Sharks, interestingly, they're plus-minus. They've got a 7-4 and four record, but they're 200 points for 187 against. So there's only 13 points separating their for and against, which basically backs up what you were saying before, mate. Um, look, I've got to pick Cronulla. Uh, I have been burnt by them before on Monday night against South a few weeks ago. Not happy. Um, I, like I've been burnt with Parramatta a couple of times this year, thinking that this is the week they're going to put it together. The big the, the X factor in this game is Jared Hayne. If he comes up and has a big game like he did the last time these two teams played, actually, at Toyota Park, then, um, look, the Eels are a chance, but I... Look, I can't take them in a head-to-head tipping uh, environment. But if that line breaks out to six and a half, maybe, and then uh, have a look at the Parramatta Eels, I reckon. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think the six and a half is obviously easier to back. But I think these two games, when when you've got a match which could very quickly go wrong, no one will be surprised if the Sharks won this 30-10, would they? No. It's, you, you feel like a bit of a lemon if you've taken plus six and they've lost by 20. If they've lost by 20, in a way, if you've taken $2.50, $2.75, it's just an easier loser to deal with in terms of your <laughs> sanity. No, that's a very good point. Darth Vader's in the house. Not the footy show. Sure. Now, GT, we have to go through fried rice very quickly. Uh, I had first pick this week. I'm taking the Broncos. Uh, that one you just you just can't ignore. I think uh, I nearly fell off my chair with surprise. <laughs> uh, I did hear from uh, a guy called Nick McInerney. Does he, does he still come on the show? I'm not sure. Yeah, something like that. Um, I do actually, uh, for listeners out there, if you've seen Mac, Nick and Ernie, can you please uh, contact me via care of uh, wnicholson.com or the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash podcast. If you've seen him, let me know because well, I think he went on a uh, sabbatical to Antarctica or something because something's happened. Uh, apparently, he's taken the Tigers' uh, care of Morse code. DC has taken the Cowboys. Maria is taking Manly. GT, that means you left with the bunnies, buddy. <laughs> and uh, Maddie has taken the Sharks. Just quickly, on the people that weren't on the show tonight, uh, while well, I've still got you, mate, the tips, um, this bloke from uh, the South Pole has Manly, Cowboys, Tigers, Bulldogs, Storm, Broncos, and the Sharks. Maria has Manly, Cowboys, Tigers, Bulldogs, Warriors, Broncos, Parramatta. So someone else thinks like you, mate. And uh, Matt has Manly, Cowboys, Canberra. Surprisingly enough, he still keeps potting those Tigers Matty Duncan, um, South Warriors, Broncos, and the Sharks. GT, mate, uh, I, I, as we said, when you get it right, mate, you get it right. And if you want to head over to uh, the tips, uh, the rest of the bets that you've got on the weekend, mate, what can people do? Well, if you head over to gttips.co.uk or just Google GT Tips, you'll find us. Um, you'll find our front page is a, is a glowing boast. It wasn't just our rugby league ticks, the <laughs> tips that absolutely... Uh, flew home last week our horse racing tips were flying in and I want to give a special mention to our golf tipster who for the last two weeks has tipped both winners of both the PGA and the European Tour events <laughs> not bad not bad that at all not bad at all um, now I will I asked this question of DC Chapman earlier but I want to ask you as well mate Melbourne Storm they've got a six point lead in the minor premiership they've got a differential advantage of plus 140 uh, do you just unload in the dollar 20 that you can currently get for the minor premiership Ooh. You've got you've got to think. You should unload on situations where you know more than the market. Someone who spends like me spends his day job going to work. Yep. He's got very complicated algorithms and things. He works it all out. You're not ahead of him on this on the on that bet. Are you? That he's got more complicated formula to work that price out than you could think of. And. The main reason is how long have you got to wait to get paid? Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Is that worth a $1.20 there, or do you pay the, the Broncos Saturday, dollar twenty two, Sunday? That would be right. I nearly said it when we were talking about the Broncos game. If you do fancy a bet on the game, you don't need to stake heavily on short prices. This is one of the myths I find. I much prefer level staking to the betting to level returns. Yep. You know, so instead of having $100 to win 20 just just have your normal stake of $40 to win 5 whatever the quick maths off the top of my head is. <laughs> 
Um, the Broncos to win that match looks looks nailed on. They've got a good winning culture there, and they'll be keen to uh, right the wrongs of uh, down in Melbourne last time. Okay, well, there you go, everybody. A bit more insight from the man, GT Tips. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at GT underscore tips. And, of course, gttips.co.uk. GT, pleasure as always. Mate, I don't know if we'll speak to you next week, but do you have an early thought on Origin 2 for us? Uh, I haven't had a look, to be honest. But um, I think my, my lingering instinct, the when thinking back to Game 1, there seems to be this perception that New South Wales were the better team. And I'm not quite sure I agree with that. So on that basis, there might be a bit of value in Queensland. I Just thinking back to the game, you think the tries that Queensland scored, they were well-worked tries. New South Wales, well, okay, Yaku Uwati, party time was playing party tricks and bouncing the ball off his teammates' back before scoring and stuff. <laughs> but they were kicks, and yes, you played well and got yep. good metres and had them on the rack, but you still didn't score the tries that that back line promised, and that, for me, is a big worry. Yeah, Todd Carney, uh, big issues going into Game 2, but the uh, selectors will persist with him. I can tell you just a bit of information as well. Bura is gone. He won't be in Origin number Bura. 2. Bureau and uh, what may will come in for him and the other selection uh, it looks like obviously Tony Williams will miss Origin 2 and they're thinking in between I think it's Tim Grant Aaron Woods and Keith Galloway for that bench spot so Benny Cray Runaway Cray holds his spot JT thanks for being on the show again mate and uh, we'll speak to you soon on Not The Footy Show My pleasure to speak to you next time Alrighty there he is GT from GT's Tips let me just hang up on him there he is uh, thanks very much everybody for joining Not The Footy Show once again I've been Warwick Nicholson. We've had a condensed show, just uh, DC and GT. Gee, it's hard to say back-to-back uh, chatting here on Not The Footy Show, episode 109. If you want to send us your tips, you want to get involved in the tips, head over to wdnicholson.com. We've got a tipping comp over there where you can win a Stephen footy. Uh, follow me at NRL Tweet, and, of course, uh, get us on the Facebook page. That's just facebook.com slash NRL Podcast. Glad you enjoyed the show. Well, if you did... And if you enjoy any of the stuff we do, send us a line uh, either at the website or give us an iTunes rating and we'll be featuring in future episodes of Feedback Files. I hope to see Maria Cialis next week. I hope to hear from Matty Duncan as well. We might even have a special Queenslander. Oh, maybe I'll get New South Wales instead. For our Origin 2 preview. Uh, and Nick McInerney, if you've seen him, let me know. I've been Warren Nicholson. Thanks very much, everybody, and we'll speak to you next week on Not the Footy Show. Not the Footy Show. Try here. Stop. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past then. When? Just now. Wear it now, now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. How soon? Sir! What? We've identified their location. Where? It's the moon of Vega. Good work. Set a course and prepare for our arrival. When? 1900 hours, By sir. By high noon tomorrow, they will be our prisoners. Who? <laughs> Just go away now. I've had a gut call of you the whole day. Oh, I see. We need for five minutes. You've been sleeping over there.